Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Trash Cast. Trash. Yeah, see, there we go. That's gonna, that, that's gonna be an ep- a fucking thing each time. <laughs> Take two. Take two. <laughs> Three, two. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Trash Cats Trash Cast, your premier resource for shitty commentary on art, entertainment, and philosophy, or whatever else we deem worthy to trash. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. We've been friends for about 11 years or so now. We like talking shit about stuff and we have a lot of fun doing it, so we decided it'd be fun to record it. So if you're listening to this now, know that we're going to have fun and talk trash about things and people that you might enjoy. Usually, each episode is going to be about one topic in particular. So we're aiming for a four-week structure with something different each time. Art, philosophy, entertainment, and then a week to just catch up and talk shit about whatever we want. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about everything. Just to kick things off, we're going to start with art. Tell me, tell me about that good, good, sweet art. Oh man, I'm just so glad we're done introducing. <laughs> it is the the most awkward thing is trying to talk about yourself oh, and your own intentions it's, and it's it's so weird like I, I i like what we did but it, it just feels weird um so art andy warhol we we're gonna talk about pop art and that fucker andy tell me yeah tell me um Tell me the the what how you feel about Andy Warhol. Dude. Um, I, I I actually I, I I do know because we share the, the feelings <laughs> on Andy Warhol. But um, tell me um, the reasons why you feel this way. <laughs> Dude, I I think I hate everything about him except his hair. It's like those. I mean, fucking I don't even I don't even like that. <laughs> those fucking soup cans, though. Like, I remember like grade school art teachers being like. Look at these art prints of soup cans. They're so unique and alternative and weird. It's, and it's, it's fucking. The, it's so fucking dumb. It's so <laughs> dumb. He made Marilyn Monroe look terrible. Like how? Like she's gorgeous. How do you fuck that up? <laughs> terrible colors. I just. I don't know. He just feels. He comes off to me as very inauthentic. Yeah, it's it's not. It's we've we've you know talked about this before. And it's like there's. There's doing something different and, you know, because it's, it carries a message or, you know, doing something simplistic or, you know, different, you know, off the status quo because it carries a message or it has uh, um, a strong meaning or an implication, you know, something like doing screen prints of soup cans, but it's not, there's nothing there. There's no meaning. There's no, there's no emotion to be felt by that. No, it's just empty space. It's just, yeah, it's just colors on a wall. And I'd rather just, I'd rather it not be, you know, uh, uh, iconic shit, I guess, you know, fucking brands that are in my cabinet. Yeah, that that just makes it that much worse. Like, if it, it could have been any soup can. Like, I don't want to look at soup. Yeah. <laughs> Trust, I, I, I look at soup enough as it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so... He's definitely he was a businessman too. It, it right. was all about making business moves with art. Um, also, it was weird. He was heavily religious, and he went through yeah different phases with that. I believe he was Catholic, and I'm not sure which exact set. I don't believe it was Roman Catholic. But I'm it was wrong. like Ruth Ruthini. I forget the actual name. It had something about Ruth in it. That's that that the many divisions of Catholicism. That's yeah, they're all bad. Yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, 
I did like that he was killed by another artist. I think that's pretty interesting. That's pretty dope. Yeah, like it's pretty brutal. Because so this woman Valerie Solanas, I believe, she was so he, he had a studio where he employed like teams of other like local artists who weren't very big to you know work on his pieces. A lot of artists when they're like at that level they're not physically making all of their work so he had this woman valerie who wrote a manuscript for him and a, there were a lot of rumors of him ripping off these artists i don't know how much of that is true or not um she apparently did later it came out that she had schizophrenia so there's definitely two sides of the story but she showed up at the studio demanding a manuscript back that she had wrote back from him. And uh, he said it was misplaced and refused to give her anything. So she came back with a gun and shot him. And then 19 years later, he died from complications. So it's, it's, it's like the slowest agonizing, like, yeah. Like, and how, like, how do you even, you know, was she then tried for murder at that point? Actually, the the day after she shot him, she turned herself into the authorities. Oh. So she knew they were going to be looking for her. So she turned herself in and, you know, they didn't know he was going to die. So it's just like an assault or whatever. So she ended up serving like, it was like two or three years in a mental facility getting help for her schizophrenia. So she really didn't do any long time or whatever. So that does that mean that um I mean of course later on if he died due to complications of that does that fall under the double jeopardy thing of you can't be tried twice for the th- same you know crime I, I really don't know I have a feeling because she turned herself in immediately that she she probably couldn't be tried with his murder but I I don't know not sure how that works. It'd be interesting. I'm curious what if she continued to create or create art or continue writing or whatever. Um, it'd be interesting to see what her work's like. Yeah, especially if she, you know, if she took umbrage with him, you know, she was she was not into uh, uh, his type of work. I I assume it was probably good. So. <laughs> She was apparently part of the feminist movement in in art at that time. Um, so w- one thing I, you know, I really don't like his work, but one of the things I did like was a quote he had about the attack when he was shot. And he said, before I was shot, I always thought that I was half there more than all there. I had always suspected that I was watching TV instead of living life. People sometimes say say that the way things happen in movies is unreal. But actually, it's the way things happen in life that's unreal. The movies make emotions look so strong and real. Whereas when things really do happen to you, it's like watching television. You don't feel anything. Right when I was being shot and ever since, I knew that I was watching television. The channel switch, but it's all television. Now, what? Now, what does that mean to you? I, to me, it definitely shows that he's very was very disillusioned with life. 
Uh, yes. It came across very depressive. That's what I got as well. And that makes me be closer to able to appreciate his work. That it life's all garbage television and I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And and in that see, and that, that's the other thing is I I have an appreciation for the business side of things. I I totally I'm I'm all for um artists making money doing as little work as possible. I I like that they can do that, but I'd like it more when the work is requires talent, or requires skill. Just has some meaning. Yeah, that, some that kind it... of some kind of like an emotional reaction that you can get from it even if it's, you know, each person's reaction is different, you know, it can be whatever, but like there's like is it's kind of like as if he said, you know, like you know that there's no reaction to you know these things. I he felt nothing towards you know even his own artwork. He even the things that he did himself, he didn't feel any reaction to it. Yeah, and yeah, it just just seems like not give a fuck mode. And I think he pl- had, especially when you're like at that level. Like I think he played up his art a lot like he had to act like his work was very important because that's how you make money and right i don't know i think that quote about you know such an intense incident incident like that i just find that pretty telling that it's all television yeah i i can feel that i um i guess i I don't have the um i didn't gain any i guess respect to it i mean i I guess like i can kind of work with the you know like is i i kind of understand how depression feels and stuff like that, but i guess i don't feel it as often i get it seasonally you know so maybe it's not it doesn't affect me as much i've i've actually considered you know in some of the things i've read about him that he was um autistic That's um and of of some you know on the the spectrum of some level um in the way that he, you know, reacted with people, especially when it came to like sexuality and stuff like that. Um, he said something in, uh, when he was like 40 or something that he was a virgin and yeah, that wasn't, and other people said like, no, that was absolutely wasn't true. Yeah. He was um, being treated for chlamydia. I think, yeah. Something like that. that. Yeah. But then, but then it's like, I don't know how much of that is jest or, or like you know, a religious and it, it aspect just, or... it did yeah, it also just dawned on me if he was religious and also uh homosexual, then he in, during that time he could have been covering yeah trying to cover that up. It's, and that would make some sense as well. It gets complicated. But either way, I to me the biggest thing that I get from him is it just feels inauthentic. That if like I feel like I don't give a fuck most of the time. But if I'm going to make art, I don't like you have to put some of that aside to try to create something interesting or beautiful, whatever. If it all your art is like, I don't give a fuck. It, it's not going to be that interesting to people. Right. And I know that like not every piece can be your best piece. You know, not when you're sure. when you're making you're, you're making it and you're like, like, this is like, I'm happy with this enough that it's, you know, I'm cool with showing it to other people but i mm. you know like i i feel like especially in my own work that i've done it's like i feel like i was always chasing the high of like this awesome thing that i made and it's like i know i can't replicate that 
you know, at least not in this way or, you know, like it's going to have to come naturally. I can't just try to replicate yeah. this. And it, um, it definitely, like you said, it, it really is a pursuit, whether that's external or internal, that feeling of um, making something that is so worthy that you praise yourself for it or someone else does kind of thing. And thus the question would be like, did he actually try you know, was he was he thinking, you know, uh, critically about the the work that he was making? <laughs> These I mean, soup it, cans are so yeah, fucking. Soup. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna fucking take the world by storm. Fucking love soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna put this this uh, uh, this fucking portrait of Mao. Everyone's gonna think it's real edgy and nice. think, oh, th- this is gonna this is gonna make the movement right here. Fuck out of here. Yeah, man, I I don't get it. I just hate the aesthetic too. Uh, like, like not all pop art's bad, but I really don't like. <laughs> but Andy lot. Warhol's is. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. I don't understand his color choices or just the compositions of the portraits. Like, even when it's a a nice portrait, he does he'll ruin it with the color work or the composition of like repeating things in the squares and I just I can't deal with Andy. Now, I don't know this for sure. I know um with the at least the Mao portrait, it's not his photo, you know, that's just the portrait of Mao. Yeah. Um the the picture of Marilyn was that his original photo that he used? I don't believe so. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I'm pretty sure I'd seen that. He did just another, from another series of uh portraits uh, I forget even why he did it, but it was mugshot, like police mugshots, and they're blown up and made into screen prints. And then, for whatever reason, because of who the people were, they all the prints were made into a collage and put outside of a police precinct. And then the cops took it down, and it was apparently controversial, but it looked like fucking shit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they took it down because it looked bad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so the police took the photos for that piece. So I'd guess, I'd hazard to guess he's, you know, a lot of it is found material and not. Yeah. I mean, like, at that point, I could almost say, like, well, he's taking his own work and he's, he can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. So, you know, like, if this is his vision, then, but if he's taking other people's pictures and then making it look like trash, then, you know, fuck him. That's... I mean, you know, every you, you can't account for taste, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I had that happen recently. So a lot of my work, as you know, is graphic design and collage based. So, uh, you know, I'm taking a lot of other people's photos and I'm turning them into something else. Which right. saying that you have to see it. You have to see it. But yeah. I made this piece. Um, I really liked it. And then... This dude on the internet who followed me, it was like, hey, I want to use that for a cover. And I was like, well, we could work something out. And then he was like, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to, he was just going to edit my piece, which is a collage of other people's, has other people's stuff in it. And then like, he just like mirrored the piece of art and like put his name on it. And then it's like, all right, we're entering into like multiple levels of like sketchy art thievery. 
like collage laws are a very gray area but like, yeah it, it's it was just too much and it i don't know the the thing that the, of course the the main differential between you know what you do and what Warhol does is you you take you know normally you take very drastic steps with the you yeah know, the pictures it's got to um, be very different from where you started right and it, you know the final product especially looks fantastic there are the, the your, your color composition is amazing or and, and it's uh, um, something different each time and I I I'm a, a huge fan but the uh, the I, I guess if you're if the pieces you're using are free use or like uh um, you know not copyrighted or whatever, then what you make with them would be yeah I mean like I would I would imagine that you'd have justification to, you know file a suit. Yeah, it, if yeah it it gets very complicated so. The the other question is: Does this guy have enough money to make it worth your while to no, file a suit? No, and I think it was so. Like with collage stuff, if there's no copyright claims on any of it, and I created something new, and the laws of collage art are like, if you change it to a certain degree where it becomes something new than what it originally was, you're fine. So if there are no copyright claims or I create something so new out of it or the original pictures weren't like trademark material or like logos or Mickey Mouse, yeah. you're fine. But um, if somebody takes what I made and they just mirror it and put their name on it, then in theory... they're Yeah, they're fucking up. Right. It's it's interesting though, because at what point is, is there the limit? And I don't like I think that dude is a dick, but I I, I don't want to care enough to uh, I don't know the the it. amount of the the amount of time that you're gonna waste and the the money that you'll lose in legal fees. You yeah. know, it's it's not worth no. the the you know fucking hundred dollars he probably has to his name. Yeah, it's a SoundCloud rapper. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, he might get big. <laughs> can always you can always keep keep an eye on him if he starts starts to come up. You bring his ass right back down. Right. He's actually a nice enough dude, but if you're like, I don't know, the type of people that are like think they're clever enough to like just mirror an image and put their name on it it's like yeah dude you can do that in ms paint dog yeah that's goofy so um, fuck andy warhol yeah fuck andy warhol's art sucks you know shit uh <laughs> yeah fuck him all day um so next we want to talk about philosophy um yes so um we're actually going to talk about like literal philosophy uh with diogenes um i'm excited for this guy yeah, he's like a mythical creature in the world of, uh, <laughs> in the world of philosophy. He's um, mostly because there's no like none of his works. Like he had written um, a, a significant number of uh, books and like uh, um, he, like tragedies, like um, you know fictional stories and stuff. But he um, none of them. Are, are you know available or found anywhere like they just don't they're off the face of the earth 
Um, so all that really exists of him are like stories and anecdotes from other people's work um, that kind of describe who he was and what he did. Um, so he's, he's, you know, by all accounts, he's real. Um, even, you know, from the point of view of other philosophers and, you know, um, citizens of, uh, you know, of Athens, um, he, he's just, he's so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> so like he, he, the punk rock philosopher. Oh, he's fucking, he's so brutal. He's, he's the <laughs> Jesus we all deserve. Um, he, so he was born in, uh, what is now modern day Turkey, uh, in like 412 BC. Gotcha. Um, he, his father minted coins for a living and he was banished from the city that he was born in, um, because he started to debase the currency. Um, <laughs> Like for like so badass, um. So he he moved to Athens. Uh, he uh, openly criticized the cultural conventions of the city. Uh, he believed that virtue was better revealed in action than in theory. You know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Um, the Wikipedia states he used his simple lifestyle and behavior to criticize the social values and institutions of what he saw as a corrupt, confused society. And like, hmm. I. I love that. That's so like to, to turn yourself into a living work of, of, you know, art at that point, you know, just to be a martyr to prove a point, like it's so petty and it's fucking great. It's like for such a good point. It Um, not, not the petty part, but it kind of reminds me of like Buddhist monks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like they, they're making us, yeah, they make a stand for what they believe in, and they, you know. Um, but he was known. Uh, one of his things was he, he was he was known for sleeping and eating wherever he chose. Um, like apparently, eating in the marketplace was like a, a crime or was just seen as obscene back then. He also masturbated, urinated, and <laughs> defecated in public. Um, he declared himself a citizen of the world rather than claiming allegiance to just one place. That's dope. Um, so I I actually I have another note here um, that. Uh, Although Socrates had previously identified himself as belonging to the world uh, rather than a city, uh, Diogenes is credited with being the first known use of uh, or having the first known use of the word cosmopolitan. Um, when he asked where he came from, he replied, I'm a citizen of the world. Um, uh, cosmopolites, I think, is the word is the, that would be the, the word that he used. But that's where cosmopolitan comes from, is a, a person of the world. So this was a radical claim um, because in that world, uh, a man's identity was intimately tied to his citizenship, um, to, you know, whatever city or, you know, area he belonged in. Um, as an out- exile and an outcast, uh, he had no social identity. Uh, so he made his mark on, uh, on his contemporaries by being uh, so different and being, you know, not belonging, you know, not claiming to be from any one place. Yeah. Um, so he made a virtue of poverty. He begged for a living. He often slept in a large ceramic tub in the marketplace. Um, he became notorious for his philosophical stunts, like carrying a lamp during the day, claiming to be looking for an honest man. He'd hold it up to people's faces <laughs> and, um, he criticized Plato. Like he was, he hated fucking Plato. He, uh, disputed his, inter- uh, his interpretation of Socrates, um, so Plato was widely considered to be like the, 
the heir of Socrates, like he, you know, was the next big philosopher and he fucking hated him um, for it because he, he agreed a lot with uh, Socrates. What did Plato um, say? I don't um, know much Plato. Um, I think I, I don't also know a whole lot of Plato's shit, but he was a lot more. Um, what I do understand was he was more abstract with his philosophy. So he would do um, a lot of metaphors and a lot of, you know, like you interpret it how you want to kind mm. of things. And you know, he could just kind of say whatever the fuck and you take it how you, it's like fortune cookie shit. Yeah, um, or Diogenes you know, is just walking around with a lamp, like he was. <laughs> yeah, fucking he he wanted you know honesty and and you know the to see reality through um you know th- through his lens. Yeah. Um, so fucking he hardcore. he he was fucking brutal. Um, he uh, uh, disputed his interpretation of Socrates. He sabotaged his lectures, uh, sometimes <laughs> distracting listeners by bringing food and eating during the discussions. Um, he was noted for having mocked Alexander the Great uh, in public and to his face. Um, he visited Corinth. Um, th- this was actually a, a pretty big thing that he did. Was um, Alexander the Great was like in his sun, was standing, I guess, in his sunlight, um, and he said, uh, "Do not take from me what you cannot give." Damn. And it's like that's fucking brutal shit. And like he, he he did that and survived. It was is huge that you know he got away with that basically. Yeah. Um, so I also found this note, and I'm not sure exactly where it was in his life, um, but apparently he was captured by pirates at one point and sold <laughs> into slavery. Of course. Um, and it was during this time that he passed his philosophy of cynicism uh, to Crates, who taught it to Zeno, who fashioned it into the school of Stoicism. And they like almost worship Diogenes as you know as Jesus, you know almost. Um, they treat him as um, one of the um, most balanced and based, you know, wise people. Wow. Um, that's so interesting. Whether it's true or not, he it's he's created right. a hell of a mythos, you know. Exactly. Um, he like I said, if he really lived this way for what he believed like everyone of course they thought he was a fucking insane person but you know there's that level of like when does when does it become insane to you know stand up for what you believe in you know of what you believe in is you know you know being uh open and being honest and that's the whole thing like his masturbating in public was more of a thing it's like if if you can do it behind closed doors and it's normal it shouldn't be weird to do it out in the open we all do it you know even like defecating and urinating it's like we all do this it's not you know a big deal um but then he also apparently um he would urinate on people who insulted him um, so that's a whole, that's a little bit different. Um, he would, he defecated in the theater, I assume where, uh, Palato had his, you know, lectures. Um, what's anytime I've been told about him, the first thing people tell me is the barrel. Yeah. So it was like, there's discussions on whether it was like an, like a big, uh, uh, jar or, a like a tub. They never, you know, that's not completely um it's usually um shown as just a gigantic like a pot like a big clay pot gotcha um and yeah he just was just on the fucking side of the road in athens and he just 
just chilled there. Yeah. That was his home. I was under the impression he just like, somebody had told me it was a barrel, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that he just it's, lived in it. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's, he drug it around with him everywhere, and he was just the, the guy on the side of the road. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's more or less, that's right. Um, there is even one thing, I don't have a, the, the complete uh, quote on it here, but he, the one thing that he did have for a while was a cup to drink with and eat, you know, eat food out of. Um, and he got rid of it one day because he saw a little boy drinking out of the fountain with his hands and he realized, well, I don't even need this then. So, damn, that's cool. Um, he was also, um, usually, um, referred to as a dog or called dogish, um, which apparently the root word is where, uh, cynicism comes from. Um, somehow in Greek it translated, you know, in a way that that's what they called it. Um, mm. but he was asked how he felt about being called a dog. Cause they were like, they didn't know if there's no, no real idea of like, if he was really, um, insulted by it or whatever. He says, I fawn on those who give me anything. I yelp at those who refuse and I set my teeth in rascals. Um, and he, he's so I, cool. That's such a fucking good line. So and to good. just to bust out with the word rascal at yeah. any point. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess he was speaking ancient Greece, so he didn't say rascals, but, um, the direct translation of, um, so he believed that human beings live artificially and hypocritically, um, and should do well to study the dog, um, who also, of course, urinate in public. Um, <laughs> um, actually one, one of the things when he was questioned about, uh, masturbating in public, he would say, uh, if only it were as easy to banish hunger by rubbing my belly. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, like, I get you, I guess. I mean, like, I'm not going to go, you know, jerk it, you know, wherever, but like, dude, I feel you. I, I, I think he's got good intentions. Um, maybe not the best ideas. Yeah. I don't know how well, uh, what he did demonstrated how he felt, but I, I love that he's kind of the first real cynic. Yeah, and he, like I said, I think he's the the real Jesus that we deserved. Because, like, <laughs> what his actions were, you know, what he did was, uh, more or less, it was selfless. But it was, you know, he he didn't value any, you know, material wealth or material, you know, things that he didn't need. He had, you know, his shelter was a fucking barrel, you know. Like, that's what he just, that's what he had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was able to get enough food, I guess, and water to survive. He lived to see, like, 80, um, which is also fucking bonkers um, that no one beat his ass or murdered him yeah. before them. Yeah, but, he was pissing off everybody. Yeah, um, but, uh, of course, he had... He made a following of himself, you know, like people, people listened to him and they were like, you know, he's got a, he's got a point, you know, for a lot of the shit, you know, we, it's, uh, even, even Plato described him as a Socrates gone mad. So I feel like that's still a, uh, a way of saying like, he knows like his philosophy is good, but he's just on the deep end of it. Yeah. But we, which we need those people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it's really, it put everybody in check and it's, I compare it a lot to today, you know, you can see, um, 
the way you know our the, the American government works and the way that our you know modern society works and the way that everyone's just distracted by every you know their phones and everything in front of them that you know they having a distraction like that to pull you back into you know like oh no this is reality you know you can you know it's not one person but like things you know like uh, um especially being stuck home in quarantine and you know having different stuff going on this summer and we had uh you know the murder of George George Floyd and it kind of brought everyone back to like this is reality this is what's actually going on right now and like this is what we need to be focusing on to get back to our humanism I agree you know? in theory I think unfortunately it brought some people back to what's going around going on more than others yeah true definitely it's weird because i feel like that was one of those things that could have been um in a lot of ways it was a unifying event but it it may not have been as unifying as it should yeah fucking suck (laughs) dude i even like just the coronavirus thing I, i i thought like oh man this is what the world needed. And then I, I've been saying this for years that we're never going to get get together and, and band together as a world until there's a common enemy, which isn't going to happen until fucking there's aliens, you know, or some outside source that is a threat that's to what, all of us at the same time. And I realized, oh, that's exactly what this is. This is an outside threat that's upon all of us. What a perfect time for everyone to ante up and pull together and and you know, realize that we're all dealing with a problem together. And, uh, of course that's the, that's the hopeful person in me. Um, but you know, it just made people point fingers at each other and get political about it and fucking weird. And it's like, it just, it made it, you know, and go buy toilet paper. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it was such, I was extremely disappointed by that. And then of course months to follow all the other oh, yeah. fucking madness that ensued. Dude, check, check this quote. Um, it, it relates to what you had just said. I occasionally think how quickly... Sorry. Sorry. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Guess who said no. that one? Who said that? Ronald Reagan. Yeah. He was at a speech where he wanted to talk more about information he had heard at the time about aliens but that's totally the truth like we need disasters to pull us together no oh, and apparently that doesn't even do it no, that's uh apparently fucking not that's one of the things i uh one of the memes i liked a whole lot uh that i've seen lately was uh we we're not allowed to say avoid it like the plague anymore because apparently in america we don't fucking do that it doesn't mean anything <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's some wild shit, but I, I think that he, his mark, um, especially that his work isn't available and just stories of him being passed down, um, even since before Jesus Christ, um, you know, I think that he showed a, you know, a, um, an ability to live his, you know, live his beliefs and, and act how he felt was correct. Um, in a way that I think that he deserves more credit for. I don't think, you know, no one's, they're never going to teach you about him in school because of, you know, because he masturbated and the teachers can't say masturbated in front of a bunch of high schoolers. Um, so, 
I don't know. I, th- I think that he uh, would be a fantastic um, study on who we should definitely take, take a lesson from. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, so this is kind of a weird jump, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was kind of going with the thought, like, we always need people like that, that are like the antithesis of everything. That's what Satan is, Satanism. It's always like that. Right. You need that far opposite. So I don't know, for some reason when you said that, it brought me back to... Um, did you ever, like, do any... Um, reading of like the golden dawn and like crowley and those weird um i have read the book of the law yes um i know i skimmed through some of it because there's paragraphs of gibberish oh my god it's Um, like so cool but such garbage at the same time yeah yeah um i've definitely read um most of the satanic bible some of the the magic stuff lost me um for sure it didn't make because it wasn't until that point where i started to remember oh this is also kind of a structured religion and it's like it's like i i get i'm down with a lot of the ideas and the philosophies of this more than i am with any other religion but when it becomes you know like don't bathe so that you know uh you can attract mates with your smell and it's like don't use cologne and stuff like that it was like i don't get that i mean i i understand pheromones and i understand how that works and it's like you you know set an altar and say you know uh uh, channel this energy and it's like that's Mm. like kind of like using the secret i guess you know law of attraction shit yeah um but it's just where that's that's where it started to lose me oh for sure especially satanism like the the hypocrisy of like paying a membership fee to join a religion that is an anti-religion it's like yeah fuck out of here but was it was that a thing you're supposed to pay uh pay into it well there are all these different like multiple different churches set up but uh hey man those black candles and curtains don't you know by themselves boy but so where i was going with this is um in and i don't know where this came from but it's associated with the golden dawn stuff was a magic formula for inri the letters allegedly nailed to jesus's cross yeah and the idea was that over and it was like one of those abstract magic formulas where each letter stands for a different nonsensical thing Mm -hmm. and it was like a mathematical formula um but the idea was that over enough time like people are so terrible that over enough time someone will have to die as a savior and i always thought that was like a very interesting concept like regardless of what religion it is or why if the person's nailed to a cross or if it's a murder, a shooting, whatever, like over enough time, people are shitty that someone has to die. And so all these people that are into like some of these magic things, they attribute that formula to like every school shooting or every death of some sort. But right. It gets like pretty fucked up. But the idea of Oh, I can't wait. It's just fucking they're gonna pull it out when Betty White dies. Oh, for sure. 
I mean, like I, I get, I, I like the idea. I mean, that, that also, that falls into the category I think of, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And I, I have, so I, you know me, I, I approach things from a very logical standpoint, yeah. like almost every single time. But it, I think it's definitely the, the hopeful part of me, the part that makes me want to still live on this planet. That makes me believe the thing that like my parents told me, or at least remind myself of it, that, you know, well, everything happens for a reason. If it's like, oh, I didn't make it on the flight, you know, I didn't make it to the airport on time because, you know, there was all this other shit going on. It's like, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be, wasn't meant to happen that way. If anything, it's just a way to de-escalate yourself, you yeah. know, in a way that makes you feel better and, you know, get through it, you know, get past the, the I'm angry part of this. And now let's get to the solution part of it. Um but I do like that philosophy. I like the idea of like, well, if there is a structure to things, um, I like the idea of having, you know, there's this, there's this magical formula that we have yet to crack, but it, we know that it exists and that, you know, someone must die for the, the, the good of the many. It's like, that's, that's such a brutal idea and I it's, fucking love it. It's so brutal, but, and I don't like fully buy in but the idea of it is very interesting and i think there's there's an element of truth to it um and you definitely have that that logical approach of navigating those thoughts i feel like i tend like think similarly but i feel like i tend to go like sometimes my more calming thought is that everything is chaos and there's no reason i missed that flight it's all and sometimes you can find comfort in it that way too i i absolutely i can i can see that i it's easier for me to feel that way because it's i just how i've conditioned myself yeah um but i can definitely see that because i see it in the way of um it brings me uh great uh happiness to know that you know, we're just a dust ball floating through in an abyss of space that we have no real way of understanding how large it is. Like there's no way for the mind to really process how big the, the known universe is, let alone what we don't understand yet. Right. Um, and we're just, you know, the example of, you know, what happens if you, you know, get some wet bread and put it in the fridge and, you know, give it the right conditions. Mold's going to grow and life will form it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that it was intended or, you know, it's like, I, I just love the idea that we're just a mistake and we, it's a fucking, it's kind of wild that it happened, but because of the atmosphere that we were given and, you know, whatever that, that you know, shit just happened yeah, and it's, it's nothing, nothing's meant to come of it. It's not a greater idea. You know, there's just, it means that all, all the actions that I take and everything that I do and say, it's, it's for me, you know, it's for me and the people that I care about and yes. taking advantage of the situation of, you know, having life and sentience and it means more than, you know, doing it because God. Yeah. We're, we're ants yeah. and it's just about our colony. Yeah. It's all, it's all garbage. <laughs> Dude. How many, how many Doritos can I bring back to the colony? <laughs> We guys i found mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> we definitely would party with diogenes oh absolutely that would oh, be my shit. boy i definitely i don't think i can hang out with them all the time i don't think i could give up all my things maybe in that time I, I mean that's why i think about like in that time 
I probably wouldn't have shit anyways. So yeah. it might be easier to be like, oh, dude, you're on some shit. Like, let's let's fucking do it. Let's go find um, something to smoke. Yeah, really. Let's go f- fucking shit the theater while Plato's talking real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Going on a mission. Let's, let's fucking take uh, a drop of deuce on his on his front step. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Oh, shit. <sighs> uh, one of the, um, and that's, uh, I think that's that's enough on uh, philosophy. Yeah, um, we're, we're going to have fun getting into that and some of like the weird, uh, all called magic, whatever, either tearing it apart or finding the cool things we like about it. Yeah, I think it's, I think the, the, the aesthetics of especially like magical shit, um, you know, paganistic magical shit. I love it. You know, like the, the alchemy shit and like, you know, Skyrim and stuff like that. Like I fucking, I love that aesthetic of like, I'm just going to make these potions and, <laughs> you know, fucking enchanting with magic. And I, fu- I fucking love it. Hell yeah. but, um, so one of the things, uh, actually I just found, um, um, this page, uh, not too long ago. We're, we're into, uh, entertainment now. Yeah. So, um, so this, one, is this, I guess, just to clarify, our entertainment one, it kind of can just be about whatever we're feeling. Yeah, I figured that could be, you know, whether it's um, a particular music, you know, album we've been listening to or artists or, you know, a movie we want to talk about or, you know, uh, just any kind of media, you know, probably going to be more current stuff. Probably. I, I thought that Maybe I feel like that movies. would be. Yeah, I feel like, you know, some things might fall into art categories or, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, like more, you know, uh, um, this media that we, you know, are finding that we connect with and, or we're finding and we're thinking is, you know, fucking hilarious and needs to be shit all over. Um, we've both been doing a lot of YouTube lately. Yeah, that's been my main, uh, dig. And I, I realized that I, I gotta relook at what it costs for uh, the YouTube subscription because I've watched so much fucking YouTube. I watch it more than, um, you know, any of Netflix or fucking anything right now. Yeah. Um, you know, even stuff that I it's pay for, cheap. like on Patreon. You know, like I follow Run Button. Like, and I still like I watch a lot of their stuff on YouTube just because it's quicker and easier to get to it, and I don't, uh, you know. I think it might be worth it, if, especially if it gets me away from all the fucking ads. I hate all the fucking commercials. Dude, oh man, I miss the old days when it was, the internet was just the Wild West. There were no YouTube ads. You, you get you get one ad, or even like one ad at the start of the video, and it's that's like, like 20 you, seconds in. You're like, yeah. what fucking assholes? Yeah, like I'm cool with watching an ad before the video starts, and then yeah. like, that's the price of admission. I get it. Sure. That's, you know, this artist gets or whoever is uploading this gets money for it and that's the other one is made made me realize with ads on youtube is like i want to make sure that i'm watching whatever the video is like if i look up you know some stupid fucking video i want to make sure that whoever page i'm fucking watching it on is the person that made it originally and not like you know a a fucking you know repost of some shit you know even if it's like you know fucking gi joe psas from years ago i want to find the right fucking page or at least the, the <laughs> oldest posting i can of the original thing to make sure they're getting you know if they're going to show me ads i want the fucking ad money to go to them sure um but anyways I, i've been watching uh drawfee uh drawfee beans is, is a 
cool is, um, illustration show that I've been watching. Is it the full name? Because you shared it with me last night, actually. Was it called Draw Fee Show? Is that yeah, the on, so, oh, yeah, on YouTube, it's Draw Fee Show. Um, I think the original name of the show started out as Draw Fee Beans, like coffee beans. That's D-R-A-W-F-E-E. Um, it's extremely, um, I just, I didn't know what to expect, I guess it's, it's these talented illustrators with their different styles and their different, um, you know, um, interpretations of things and they're given prompts and then they draw it like in real time, um, while they sit and do commentary or they talk back and forth and it's always funny um, you know, they always take it a different direction. Sometimes they like teach you about stuff like the cryptic, uh, the cryptid episodes are always really good because they'll teach you That's the fun. like folklore of like where this, um, monster or character comes from. Uh, and that's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, the, they've done like lyric interpretations. One of their most popular ones right now is, um, drawing Pokemon from, from memory. Oh, that's good. And oftentimes they, they don't. Fun they don't just go with like with the first 150 or whatever. They go through the whole gambit of well, it's like 600 Pokemon or whatever the fuck. That's, that would get a lot trickier. Yeah. Some the of them are like, like I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck that is. And they'll just give it the, the name to it. And sometimes maybe a couple clues and they, the artist just has to figure it out. That's and funny. like, but they're, they're super talented. Um, so, so my intro to it last night is we, me and Sarah, my girlfriend, we watched, um, the they did a video for the the WAP video. Yeah, I just watched that so earlier. They were drawing all these wet cats and buckets. Yeah, and it was, was so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, so if you haven't seen them before, it is super cheesy, but they're funny, and it's cool to watch these um, artists, illustrators work, like talking together as they're creating something, and it's just like when you're watching one of your buddies draw or whatever, like when you look away, it's like something totally new. And that's such a fun, um, uh, like magical thing to witness. I love watching somebody else draw. Um, I also noticed that, you know, like watching that episode made me realize that the other episodes, like they're, they're very family friendly. Like I think they, they, you know, they make references to, you know, kind of, you know, racier stuff and some other not racy is not the right word, but like, um, you know, like they might even cuss in some of the other episodes and I didn't notice, but like, it made me realize that like, oh, they're, they try to keep it clean enough that like, you can watch it with, you know, you know, your family and mixed company and it's, um, you know, you can watch it with grandma around and you're not going to get, you know, fucking weird reactions and have to turn it off. Like everyone can probably find something they enjoy about it. Yeah. Um, the, um, one of the coolest things I found out, so it started with two, um, illustrators from college humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would just, they would do it with each other. They would just like give each other prompts, um, to warm up for the day. And they realized that they should record it, you know, in their commentary and, you know, make it into a thing. And that's how it started. Um, and they ended up getting a couple more artists that were, you know, got into it and they've been doing it since like 2014. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And they, um, this just at the beginning of the year, um, the parent company that owns College Humor, I don't know, I guess they, they, they sold it or they shut it down. I didn't get that whole part, but basically they all lost their jobs. Um, Damn. So they continued to post and make videos, you know, throughout 
you know, with the, even without having jobs all through this last summer. Um, and then I think it was June or July, they became independent. They have a Patreon set up and I, I guess that's, um, that's paying for them to continue making these videos on a regular basis. Um, I'm not sure if it's paying their, you know, full salary and whatnot, but I guess they've been around for a long enough time. Maybe they have a big enough following that they can, you know, get away with that. That would be awesome. I would love yeah. to know that they're getting paid to do these, you know, enough to live their life and this is their job. That yeah. would kick ass. I also saw, like, uh, they introduced themselves a little bit on the one I saw, and they, they all had a pretty good um, fan base on their social media. Some bigger, they're laughing about how some of them uh, were so much more popular undeservingly than the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I'd like to think between like the different things they're doing, they, they seem like they're, they're doing well with themselves for their, for their art, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And if nothing else, you can definitely tell they're having fun with it. And definitely. I think that's the the biggest part of it is at least they seem like they're just, they're, they're having a good time about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, did you hear that sound that played on my end a couple of minutes ago? Um, I don't think so. That's cool. I was loading up. Uh, do Do you want to cover anything more on them? Uh, no, I know. Um, we had mentioned talking about uh, color me. Yes. Yeah. So I was loading it up, and YouTube started playing ads at me. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, like, that's how they get go. you. So there's this video that I've been like. I showed it to you what a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I've I've been watching it multiple times a week since. So this video is called "Color Me," and it is directed by Martin D. Thura, and it is a short, very short film. I guess um, it does have music by the band Active Child, but it is not a music video. It is its own thing. Um, that has this song by them in it. Um, the description on the video's page, it's on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, definitely recommend the video, Vimeo. Um, but just look up the Color Me video. Um, the description is, At times you find yourself on a dark road in a deep black valley. It is hard to orient yourself. You vaguely recall who you are, but it's hard to completely grasp. You have to lay down and dissolve into the ground. We all contain darkness, a door to strange places, where the world falls apart and becomes unrecognizable. A floaty reality, almost dreamlike. How do we respond when we have to face our own fears and mortality? And is it possible to find tranquility within the world of our nightmares? So, I like that a lot first, but... yeah. This this video is one of the, the trippiest and most beautiful things I've seen in a long time. And I got way too excited about it, and that's why I'm still excited talking about it like two weeks later. Yeah, I was I was really excited. Of course, whenever you send me something, I already always know it's gonna be gold. Um but the 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 unknowing of what to expect mixed with even when you watch it like, you know, you start to get an idea of what's happening usually when you watch something and like what's going on. There's no clues. There's never any clues as to what the next thing is going to be and what's going to happen. You can like guess, but you're always going to be wrong. Yeah, this ha had some great twists and turns. So it's only like 
I think it's like six, seven minutes, and the first half maybe doesn't have music, and then it kind of orients itself, but it is like being lost in uh, an anxiety dream state, and um, it feels like the start of a horror movie also. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. As I was waiting for it to be some kind of a horror movie thing. Um, and not that it's, I guess, not that it's not, but it, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting right. of that, you know, genre. Yeah. So um, if, if you're into art and weird stuff, weird film work, definitely worth checking it out. Very abstract. Also, it's cool since it it's not really specifically about mental health, but aspects of like the horror involved in it definitely relate to mental health and the proceeds are being donated to the mental health foundation of denmark um which is where it was made oh see i didn't know that that's really cool yeah there's a website the colormeproject.com and i think it features the art and talks about mental health issues or whatever so the director that did that he He's got some other really cool stuff, um, but this this by far was the coolest thing I'd seen by him. Yeah, it's it's super brutal. Very, yeah. I I don't want to give too much. It's it's yeah. just it's so beautiful. Yeah, maybe we'll do a, uh, not let's play, but uh, let's watch. Yeah, something like that one. Some let's days. watch commentary, brother. That'll be fun, man. That's a that's a that's a scary road we can get get down. Start watching some full like movies. Yes, yeah, <laughs> scary. We gotta do uh, the original Nosferatu one of these days. Oh yeah, I've actually never watched that. Stina I've seen has Sarah, and I. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I've seen I've seen clips from it, and I because I love the character of Nosferatu, but it's yeah, I'm I'm fucking. We'll have fun with it. That, yeah. I used to watch it on this. This is so goth. <laughs> I used to watch it on repeat as a fall asleep movie because it's like super chill, but I would set it to Burzum albums and fall asleep. Oh man, you're the most brutal kid I know. I was so brutal. <laughs> now wait, wait, no, at what age was this? Uh because <laughs> that's that's also important. Three years ago in rehab. <laughs> Uh, okay i I was waiting for you to say like uh, i was like a high school (laughs) god damn you got me no i mean that's that's still cool too i was gonna say man if you were doing this shit in like you know middle school that's fucking (laughs) badass dude that's so cool that explains so much about you (laughs) oh Uh, i was just actually i just recently read um some more stuff about burzum i i knew Oh, I, I knew about what the fuck his name, the lead singer. Dude, Varg. I, yeah. Uh, I, so, I knew some of that, but yeah. Oh, man. He's such a piece of shit, but yeah, that's what he's I my understand. piece of shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. I fucking love him. He's such an idiot. And it, he's genuinely a terrible person, but so many of those black metal artists, like, I love them for their music, and I'm able to separate it from who they are because they're garbage people now i think that's important because someone recently asked me you know like how do you feel about separating um art from the artists and i feel like that's that's so huge especially now with so many you know with cancel culture and stuff like that and it's 
the I've I've heard from a lot of people around me that they're you know cancel culture's over like we need to learn to look past that and like in some accounts absolutely that's true you know you can you can you should be able to like Michael Jackson's music you know while knowing full in your heart that he's a pedophile and like that's okay to still listen to Michael Jackson music that doesn't make the music bad it's never okay to listen to Michael Jackson. <laughs> Hey man, hey man, don't talk shit on that uh, that dude, pretty young thing. I can't that, that PYT baby. Dude, I hate him so much. I'm not I'm not big into Michael Jackson. I definitely like young Michael Jackson. Uh, some some Jackson Five. I fuck with that. See the the real the real fans always tell me that, and I can respect that answer a little bit more. But I fucking hate him. Like, but I think he's an example of someone I can't separate them from their art because i didn't like their art so i can't separate that's fair it from who they i are. i grew up my parents my mom in particular listened to a lot of michael jackson when i was growing up so that's uh that's like a nostalgic thing for me i feel it. Um, see but then i can ignore the person and the art of like varg who like he burnt down a bunch of churches which is fucking dope but yeah. he did have like rape and assault charges and stuff so yeah exactly but I'd love his music, and I can separate it. But like Michael Jackson, I can't do it. That's so fair. It's I mean, I feel that way about R. Kelly. Like I don't fucking like R. Kelly. No. You know, even like tracks he does with other artists that I do like. It's like the the worst part of the song is the part with <laughs> R. Kelly in it. Dude, did like, you did you watch his opera though? No. Oh, you're talking about Trapped in the Closet? Yeah. Um, not enough of it. I watched like the first or maybe the second part of it. It but is... it, it started to get in there's too many parts and I didn't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. It I gets mean, buck wild, right? Yeah. It's garbage, but it's it is um magnificent still. It is okay. <laughs> it's like amazing someone could create something like that. Well then I'll have to uh I might have to look up that later on tonight i got a little bit of work i gotta finish up for work and then uh but i'll check that out yeah man this, yeah. Other, this other one i sent you definitely check out sometime it's called yeah uh, i just saw the link there there I mean, there's a handful of like documentaries on black metal one of them's really good called until the light takes us or something like that but there's this movie that came out called lords of chaos that is about the formation of the original uh, black metal bands, including Burzum and Mayhem. Uh, a lot of like super hardcore black metal people probably think it's really fucking lame because like they show how childish a lot of it was. And mm-hmm. it's it's like a very vulnerable look at like these people the fans think of as really brutal and hardcore and it shows like how lost and um like sad they were mm-hmm. but but i mean they're still super brutal i don't know i, I have a feeling that it met like a very split view by the audience but i definitely thought it was a really fun watch yeah i'm i'm i mean part of that is what i like about metal like yeah. i've i've told you i follow um the fucking corpse grinder on instagram Dude, and so his funny. fucking his pictures of him with at the the fucking claw games where he he fucking yeah he'll fucking stop on tour and he'll spend his probably his whole afternoon at the fucking claw machine, <laughs> you know and he he gets all these stuffed animals while he's on tour and then donates them 
you know, that's cool. charity. It's so yeah, it's fucking cool. It's like that's you know the lead singer of one of the most brutal gore metal bands, you know, so fucking relentless, and then he you know does that shit. Yeah, dude, Cannibal. I think we talked about it earlier. There, the what was it the the dude he burnt down his house and like was running out the cop with a knife. Did you catch this? No, I forget if it was the singer. I don't think it was the singer. I think it was one of the guitar players. But he had a mental breakdown on drugs and like burnt down his apartment with a, a napalm flamethrower kind of thing and like was running around with a knife trying to like stab this cop and they ended up not shooting him, which is insane. And they got him they got him some help he needed. But it was like because he's white. Yeah, yeah. It but it was like a big deal. I, I think it was their guitarist. Yeah, you're right. I just I just looked that up here. Uh, last podcast on the left did a a full episode talking about it. It might have been not a full episode, but they did a thing on it. It was pretty fun. Jesus, I mean, but I think did for, he kill for, somebody or no? I I, I, I doesn't. Forget. I don't see that. I, I have to read the whole thing. I think it might have been. Whole. I think it involved like a suicide attempt. I don't think he actually killed anybody, but it was like a big deal. Yeah, he, um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, for as long as they'd been around, um, he, you know, for them, for that to be the, the biggest, yeah, yeah, you know, thing to come out of them, they're pretty tame. Yeah, you know, just, that's just a bad night. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. I mean, I mean, he was, you know, like I said, that's like the, at least in my opinion, they're the, one of the most, even if you don't, you know, like their style so much, they, it's the music is relent, relentless. There's no yeah. break, you know, to give you a moment to catch it. I, I realized I used to like ride my bike and I'd listen to it for a while <laughs> and I realized I can't fucking do it because there's no, you know, I try to get into rhythm with it and you just can't fucking do it because you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Um, it- I've had periods like, like I liked them a lot when I was like, er, like still new into that kind of metal, and like I didn't ever stay with them long. But they're one of the bands like, they're just so authentically them. I always appreciated, even if I wasn't actively listening to them. You know the, what I mean? The, and the fucking the lyrics, it's the just, lyrics are so good. It's just fucking cannibal course. Yeah, I love cannibal. Fucking submerged in boiling flesh. Yeah, Fuck, rotten body landslide. It's like, <laughs> and they they spawned like so many bands just like it, and most of them do it like are garbage. But there there are some like in that similar time that I feel like do it better than them. But they were like. The original. Just fucking OG of gore metal. Yeah. Gotta love it. All right. Well, I think that's, uh, we went off on a bit of a tangent about some, some music, but that's okay. Somehow we got to Cannibal Corpse. Advanced, all roads lead to Cannibal Corpse. All roads lead to Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, um, shouts out to your brother, John. Yeah, my, my little brother, uh, I call him my little big brother because he is clearly more responsible than I am, but uh, <laughs> he did our intro and outro music. Um, I'm a big fan of his, like, 
even if he wasn't my brother, I'd like his music. He's but check him out. His stuff is on SoundCloud under the name Approaching Human. Approaching Dash Human on SoundCloud. Um, also, my Instagram page, if anybody wants to check out my shitty art, it is Red Sky number six, and it's it, Red underscore Sky underscore six. His good art's there too. Some of it. But all those <laughs> shitty art. <laughs> I try um, to only put up the bad. Right. <laughs> Just, you know, level the playing field for everybody else. Keep the expectations low. Right. So, uh, and also, we're, we're going to follow up as soon as possible, uh, but we do plan on having some social media pages open soon, you know, maybe yeah, an Instagram, sure. and, uh, you know, we'll, we talked about maybe a Reddit, we'll uh, we'll look into it and see what we, we come up with, and we'll let you know how to find us. Yeah, I think uh, the, the logo and stuff turned out pretty funny so we're excited to share that so uh thanks for listening uh we're real excited about you know about getting into these topics with you in the future uh next episode we're going to be talking about the infamous claude cash money monet yes come see us thanks guys see you